This is the Business of Cannabis, a joint venture between the Green Generation Co. and the Cannabis 101 podcast. Bringing you the latest bud, biz, buzz. Malka LaBelle from the Green Generation Co. joins us once again on the Cannabis 101 podcast. You can find more information of how she can help you go green at uh, www.greengencompany.com. And uh, Malka, it is uh, great to chat with you again. And I really love this topic uh, that we're discussing. It, uh, it It's something that I think uh, should uh, strike a nerve with a lot of people across the cannabis industry. And you're asking the question, why is the Ontario government sabotaging the cannabis industry? Yeah, and those are strong, but I think very accurate words. Um, there has been uh, so much back and forth political football, um, and and it's like no, there's no winners. Like I don't know who is. I mean, maybe the is a conspiracy kind of concept, but what's happening right now is that there has been the Ontario government has gone back and forth on how they want to. Um, and, and, and allow what what the cannabis retailers are allowed to do. Um, and the cannabis industry just wants to be treated like every other industry in Canada, like regulated or, or not. They just want the same rights as everybody else. And the, the Ontario government is like, here, we'll give you a little bit, and then we're going to take it all away. And then we're going to give you a little bit, and then we're going to take it all away. And, and what I'm talking about specifically is there was a letter uh, went that went out in this is in response to what the Ontario government chose to do, um, which is they decided, you know, in COVID times, uh, cannabis retailers were are considered in, in Canada as, a, uh, as an essential service, so they were allowed to stay open. The retail stores were allowed to stay open, but in Ontario, there there aren't that many stores, so the uh, Ontario government allowed the Ontario retailers to also offer both curbside pickup, which is available everywhere else in the country. But also allow for delivery from these stores just to service a bigger market, um, which I thought was genius, an amazing leap forward for the cannabis industry um, to be sort of allowed to have a normal e-commerce business, you know, online shopping, shopping carts delivered to your house. But now they want to retract that. They think that the pandemic has somehow lessened the impact of people going to stores, which has only made things worse, right, as things are opening up. So there was a letter that was written on behalf of the Cannabis Industry Association um, and several different groups, um, you know, piled on to, to be included as, you know, uh, leaders of part of this letter. And um, it's, it's a voice to the Ontario government. And basically it's outlining like all of the harms that would be caused if um, Ontario government continues with the plan to not allow for cannabis to have curbside delivery or, uh, curbside pickup in Ontario, and the harms are framed in how the Ontario government and the citizens of Ontario are harmed, not the industry, and uh, uh, the stupidity of this. Um, some of the, the harms that are mentioned are very quantified, like the loss of 13,000 jobs, uh, that's the estimated number of people that would lose their job because they wouldn't be allowed to work in retail if, they, if, the, if the industry the government chose to not allow them to have delivery and, and pickup, um, as well as like almost a billion dollars of tax revenue couldn't be realized by the uh, province for its citizens in COVID times. 
you know, it's just ridiculous. And then the whole public safety concern is, well, if they're not allowed to pick it up or have it delivered from a store and they, they don't want to go into a store because of COVID issues, like they are, you know, maintaining their social distancing and don't have the ability to, to travel or whatever, then there it's just going to go to the black market because black market delivers to your door in two hours or less. So this is just like such a mind boggler, Dean. And I don't like, what the heck? Yeah. I, the thing I don't get is, um, you know, the one of the fastest growing demographics of cannabis is the senior demographic. And that demographic is being told to stay home and be safe. Um, uh, you know, and, 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 uh, almost, uh, uh, especially if you have pre-existing conditions, uh, you know, self-isolate and get a lot of your groceries delivered. Like my, my parent, my dad, he gets his groceries delivered right now because he has some health conditions that he doesn't want to go out to. Well, if cannabis delivery stops and my, my dad was a cannabis user, he's not, I wish he was, but if he was, he, then he's out of luck. He has to then decide, well, who do I get my cannabis from? And, and exactly like you said, the black market, the gray market, whatever you want to call it, they will deliver, they will knock on your door, they will hand it to you and you, you're done. If that goes away from the legal yeah. market, those guys get busier. Exactly. Like, it's not like, I don't know what they're trying to achieve with this, which is why it's so, like, as I said before, like, I don't know who's being incentivized with this situation. Like, what, like, how is this helping anybody? And, and further to that, I mean, another, uh, on the same thread, Chad Finkelstein is a lawyer in Toronto. He accounted uh, for cannabis and, and also, also restaurants and retail. I mean, his business has seen this massive amount of influx of these terrible situations that everybody's in. Um, he put out this post as like, you know, further to the flip-flop policies of the Ontario government, um, it's, that it's like, you know, still happening years after, you know, cannabis sort of established itself. We're still dealing with these things. But the store saturation issue of uh, cannabis stores in Ontario. So if you don't, if you're talking about a competitive situation, which retail stores are in day to day, you know, and every around them and online and everything, Ontario has this. You know, they opened up the market. The government said, "Here, you're allowed to have stores, private stores, put in your application, but with completely blind visibility as to where are the other stores." Mm-hmm. You know, like in the, in the alcohol world, in the world of Subway sandwiches, there's at least. Um, a radius situation, you know, where it's like you have a territory of 300 kilometers or 300 meters, whatever. There's some kind of metric. So as a store in an industry, you have somewhat of an, an, a, a way, even by looking at a Google map, to know what else is around you, right? And and that has been completely blind for the people that are applying to stores, not because of their own choice, but because the government either isn't organized, doesn't have a system, or isn't disclosing where the other stores have already, you know, put in their applications for. And it's as simple as dropping a pin on a map, which, you know, anyone that's using Google can do. So that's what I mean. It's like, it's, it's, as these retailers are just so frustrated. Like, they have been hit again and again and again. And and Ontario specifically has been the ones punishing them. And it's only the government and their tax base that is being harmed here. I don't know what uh, the, the drawback to delivery would be for anything else. I mean, uh, restaurants during COVID in Alberta were allowed to deliver alcohol with their meals. So if you ordered uh, from Joe's uh, Fish Shack, he could get you a beer with that as well. And you can easily get bottle service uh, delivered to you. Why is uh, legal retail outlets not allowed to have the same sort of thing? You have to provide ID when you get alcohol. So just the same thing with cannabis. It makes no difference to me. 
if anything, the delivery to the door is better because at least then you match an address to a credit card billing situation. Like there's so many better protections in place. You know, if the person that's answering the door is expecting the delivery. It's not a child. Like, mm-hmm. you know, there's all of these different things that delivery to a door is better than having someone walk into a store with an anonymous face. But, you know, I think I, I don't get it. And and with the delivery of alcohol, that, that's exactly what's happening in Ontario. You're allowed, they're allowed to deliver alcohol from restaurants, but they can't deliver cannabis. Yeah. Like, what? What? And I think, I mean, my conspiracy is, I'm going to state it, is that the alcohol industry is lobbying, is lobbying the government with much bigger forces than the cannabis industry is. And that's what's happening. But I can't, I don't know that's true. I'm just, that's like, that's the only people that are set mm-hmm. to gain here is the, is the cannibalization of the, of the alcohol industry. Yeah, uh, something has Anyways. to change uh, for sure. It's it's just uh, it's a frustrating topic because um, you know you should be able to get it delivered. It's just uh, you know I've been banging the drum that um, you, you know c- cannabis doesn't want uh, can- the cannabis industry doesn't want special treatment. They just want equal yeah. treatment. Uh, that's the exactly. that's what it comes down to. Um, okay, let's get to change makers. Uh, who are we highlighting with change makers? So this is a licensed producer that uh, recently um, um, I have seen in stores. I mean, I know they've been around for a, a bit, but this is the first time I've seen their product in store, and I'm just so friggin' impressed with their packaging and the product uh, form. And this is the pro- the company is the producer is called Ready Can, and their the product is the Reddies R E D E E S, and these are their um, pre rolls, super cool which come in this little box of, a, it's a 10 pack, uh, three and a half grams, so 0.35 grams per. Uh, so a 10 pack of Prudos, it looks exactly like a cigarette pack. Um, it just has a bit more, it has a little thing to make it uh, childproof, which is quite a good uh, design actually of how they've done it. Um, so I'm obsessed with this product, not just because it's a good product um, and the quality of the red cam with the strains that they have in it. Uh, I've got Godbud, uh, they've got, uh, Shishka Berry, they've got um, what's the other one that I really like there um, White Widow, like some good classic strains, very very nice uh, grow, but the cool part about it is that they, I feel, have really come above uh, go- above and beyond in the packaging part so one of the biggest um, you know, stains, black eyes, whatever on the legal industry, even a reason why so many of the legacy and black, you know, pe- the legacy growers are, just don't want to get involved is the the processing and the packaging that has to go out there to the consumer is literally a whole boon in of itself. But this package is extremely slim. It's like the size of half of a cigarette pack. It's quite small and slim and just has really efficient um, use of the um, child uh, protective, like, you know, you need to do the, have to have two fingers on opposite sides and sort of push with another thing to get it open, which is a really good tamper thing. Um, and it's got these 10 little pre-rolls, which are, they're slim. So they look exactly like cigarettes. They look like really uh, skinny cigarettes with a super long filter, um, which is great. They're great for, they're great. So you don't have to share a blunt or a joint and you can have your own, but you're, you know, you're only consuming 3.35 grams in a, in one pre-roll. So it's like a perfect portion for, you know, going out for a smoke or, you know, for, and for me, like that's, you know, my time for, you know, consuming cannabis is limited between between breaks of other things having a house and family and all that other stuff so i think it's perfect i love it 
You know, I just keep thinking when I first saw these, and I had the uh, grab the Godbud uh, uh, strain. Uh, I just think Virginia Slims for some reason, yeah. like that. That's what yeah. the, the they're, but they're so. Um, uh, like you said, perfect as far as some people don't, there, there's a lot of people that can't smoke a whole joint, uh, whether it's a, yeah. a one gram or a 0.5 gram, but it, it is just almost like a, it's a, uh, somewhere in between a one hitter and a joint. And there's that kind of perfect, uh, maybe it is 0.35 grams uh, to be able to hit it, but I really like the sleek look of them. That's for sure. Yeah. I, I mean, there's a lot of layers to the packaging, but it's really quite smart. Like, the outer package, which is the tamper-proof one, I mean, you can put other stuff in there. Like, it's a very good, and it's cardboard, so it's not super heavy like some of the other ones or these plastics, these poly, the plastics that have, like, the space in them for the five, like, has slots. I don't know if you've seen those, but they're so hard to open, and it's, anyways, I don't like them at all. But this <laughs> thing, you could reuse the, the, the cardboard on the outside and, you know, put your own pre-rolls in it later. It's a perfect size for that, mm. but the actual package that has the, the, the pre-rolls of them looks just like a cigarette package, even down to the tinfoil on the top. So it's a very recognizable form for, like I would say, users that would want to potentially want to switch um, or try cannabis in the form that they're like, that they like smoking things if they're a tobacco smoker. So I thought it was very clever and they're not expensive at all. Like a 20, uh, for 20 bucks, you get your 10 pre-rolls mm-hmm. of three and a half rounds. This is a really good deal. Um, yeah. So, and the, and the other cool thing I found out, so Redican is a medical uh, licensed producer um, and you get the exact same product for medical as you do for recreational in the rec stores. It's just cheaper. So the same 20 gram box, I think it's 25 in retail uh, for rec stores, but it's only 20 if you have a medical cannabis license and it delivers directly to your door through Canada Post. Oh, that's beautiful. And, and it's a good way, you know, when you go into rec stores, they are not allowed to give medical advice. So, uh, you can check out, uh, Redican and, uh, you can maybe find out, uh, some medical information. If, uh, that was a person was looking for www.redican.ca. That's R E D E C A N.ca. I'm a big fan of those. Uh, they seem to just uh, fit that perfect, uh, size, uh, for the person that, uh, you know, doesn't have a lot of time or just wants a, you know, a nice you know, doesn't want to smoke a, a whole half gram of a joint. All right, let's get to what it means to be green. And we're ch- we're talking about healthy plants, and and we all know that healthy plants are green for the most part. Yeah, it's kind of a no brainer, yeah. except that it's almost too stupidly simple to be to be cool. So this is this is what I'm talking about. So this is this is software. So um, this the, the why, why this came into my purview is one of my other clients that's not in the cannabis space but in the green space that I do work with a lot of companies that um, either they want to be in cannabis or have to do with that and that's how this group initially started with me. Um, they're called Next Farm and they're an agri- agricultural technology software company. Um, very simple concept, but they're basically they have like um. Uh, they're using like NASA style satellite imagery. So it's like super high res cameras that are in on the satellites that are just taking pictures of the earth all the time. And they have the license to sh- and the algorithms that they built in there with their company to basically look at plant health. So what they do is, is it, the, the software itself, it's all just like, um, like it looks like, um, like, Heat, heat mapping. You know, mm-hmm. like if you look at a heat map, hot, red is hot, yellow is medium, and green is cool. Well, in this case, the green means the plants are healthy. 
because it's capturing the nitrogen, the nitrogen uh, content in the soil, and the literally the it, it's literally measuring the chlorophyll coming off the green healthy plants. And then from that, it, you're able to they, they have some of the algorithms and the software essentially is able to calculate what kind of um, fertilizer is needed for the plants and what kind of um, like water and irrigation you need. And, and um, essentially allows people to plan out, you know, looking at it almost in real time. It's like, a, you know, every few days they get another photo. They can time lapse their fields, their, their farms. We're looking at this right now with hemp clients, like industrial hemp growers, up the, the industry that is really interested in this, because there isn't a lot of information about how hemp grows other than from farmers. Like there's not a lot of data around it, you know, in the world. Um, and it becoming it because of the new sort of um, very you know valuable crop both for the cannabis industry to get CBD and for all of the other things we talked about the hemp is for mm-hmm. um, this information is like gold and and it's so obvious green means good green means the plants are healthy and then you can literally quantify that from a data perspective to help plants that aren't healthy and, and how what to do about it like write a treatment plan for it so it's super cool. Yeah, and it uh, it it's it seems like uh, it allows uh, um, almost to not not predict, but uh, pre warn you of uh, certain possibilities that uh, of problems that that might be arising with your crop. Exactly, because like, it's using this, this infrared um, technology. It allows you to look at the the microbial level and cellular level of plants without the the, the naked eye couldn't even see. So, for example, like you're looking at these these photos and these images, like you wouldn't be able to tell if you walked up and look at looked at a mm-hmm. plant if there's if the if the roots were rotting because it had too much water in, in the soil. You can't. It's hard to see that as a, as a naked eye. So, cu- usually farmers do like soil testing and they're testing all the time to see what's happening. But if you discover rot or pests on a plant, um, it's like you kind of have like nanoseconds to make a decision what to do right like either you're treating it or your crop is essentially a write-off because it spreads very quickly but this software allows you to see that before you can visually see it so you get these aerial footage views and you can see where the plant health is changing at a cellular level because it's going from green to yellow without even being able to go and see it at the visual level but that allows you to make decisions and plan for fertilizing and water and all those things that could eventually, they could ultimately change the health of your plants much faster than you could do before. So that's where this technology is super impressive. Yeah, sometimes uh, when you discover a problem, it's too late. Uh, it's already too late, and uh, unfortunately, and the growing season is not uh, crazy long, especially in in certain locales. So I like that. Uh, uh, what it means to be green is definitely healthy plants, and hopefully, we'll have uh, the delivery of a good decision on cannabis delivery at some point uh, in the future as people maybe come to their senses. You can find more information on the Green Generation Co. at www.greengencompany.com. Malcolm LaBelle from the Green Generation Co. on the business of cannabis. Thanks as always. Have a great week. Thanks, Dean.